Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Temporary endurance. And while you're turning in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read the first few verses in Hebrews chapter 12. As you're turning there this morning, I want to uh, just be really transparent with you today, if I could. I just want to be really honest with you, and I have a confession to make before we set up really reading this passage of Scripture today. Um, And my confession is this. I am absolutely terrible, awful at long-distance running. At endurance running, at endurance races, I'm terrible at it. I'm awful at it. In fact, I would say, this is not an exaggeration one way or the other, but I would say that I can count on one hand the number of times that I have run a full mile without stopping in between for like a sandwich or something, like just to, just, you know. <laughs> but like seriously, I'm awful at it. I, I get it. And I, and I know that there are some of you in the room that, that I'm saying those words and you're hearing the words, but they don't make sense because you're one of those people that you enjoy long distance runs. You're, a, you're an endurance runner or you're a, a regular runner. You go out every single morning and you put in a few miles before you go to work or whatever. If they, in fact, let me just see your hand. If you enjoy, let's just start there. If you enjoy like long distance running, endurance running, raise your hand. If you enjoy, if you enjoy that, keep your hand up. I want to see who you are in the crowd. Go ahead. Be recognized. All right. I want you to look around. If you're sitting next to that person, I'm not sure you can trust them because they lie about this. They might lie about everything because I am not convinced. I'm seriously not convinced that anybody could actually really enjoy it. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I, I want to pray for you. Jesus loves you, but I'm not sure where you and I stand right now. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I'm just, I, I, I don't understand how somebody can be like, yes, I absolutely love to just run for fun. It's no, those things don't go together. I run when I'm chased. That's when I run. That's it. That's the only time that I run. And so that's, that's how I roll, you know? And so I just don't get it. I don't understand. And I'm not really good at it. And I know that that's probably surprising for some of you because as I stand here, like, you know, the specimen of, of, you know, physical conditioning, you know what I mean? Like some of you are like, he doesn't run like five miles a day at least. I could have sworn because of all of this right here that like he was a 10 miler, you know what I mean? It's not true. I know it's hard to believe. I'm maybe pulling back the curtain a little bit and letting you see a little bit of who I am, right? And maybe this morning, as I said that, and I made that confession to you, you were like, oh, thank God. Like, I can, I can relate. That dude's my spirit animal right there. Like, I am not, I am not running. I hate running. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. And I hope that in your opinion, that does not disqualify me from teaching on this passage of scripture where the writer of Hebrews relates our lives as Christians to this race that we're in. And so I hope that doesn't disqualify me in your opinion, but this is where we're going to go with this. So Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to start in verse one. We're reading the first three verses. This is going to be our text for our whole entire sermon today. Only a few verses, but man, there's so much packed in here. Therefore, verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance. Look at somebody next to you and say endurance. The race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. 
God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is powerful, it is living, it is active, and it is alive this morning. God, I pray that it would speak to our hearts, speak to our situations, God, that you would speak hope and you would speak life into our lives today as we live for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Are there any fans in the room of the streaming service Netflix? Anybody like Netflix? Go ahead. It's not a trick question. I'm not going to make you feel bad like I did those runners a second ago, right? Um, So a lot of of Netflix fans. I I personally love Netflix. When I think of the American dream, like what's more American than like having at... Access like just from a button to watch as much programming as you possibly want to television or movie like that is That's the most American thing I've ever heard of in my entire life and I enjoy it I like it and all for like ten bucks a month, you know, it's a great time to be alive, right? So like I I do I enjoy it and and the reason I enjoy it is because I'm one of those people that when I watch TV or I watch a movie like, I can kind of, like, uh, you know, let my mind rest. Like, anybody like that? Like, you watch TV, you watch a movie, and you can kind of just kind of relax. Like, everything, like, you don't get, like, act overactively involved in what's happening on the screen. Like, you're following the plot, and you know what's going on with the show, but, like, you kind of just kind of get to get, get, it's kind of a passive activity for you, right? And so that, that's how it is for me. It is the opposite of that for my wife. My wife is in the exact opposite side of that, where she will watch something, and she gets so involved mentally in what's happening on the screen that she can't not relax. It's not the same. We watch programming totally differently. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, she didn't tell me this when we first started dating. And so we first started dating. I, I like a scary movie every once in a while. And, and you know, when you're first starting dating, like, you know, you're trying to impress each other and you don't want to tell, you know, and so I was like, oh, well, let's get this movie. And she didn't say anything. She's like, okay, that's fine. I didn't know she hated scary movies. I didn't know that that was like the bane of her existence. And so like she, she's like, that's fine. So we watched a scary movie. And like months later, seriously, months later, she's like, oh yeah, after we watched that movie, I didn't sleep for two weeks. And I was kind of like, ha. She's like, two weeks, right? I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, I, I, my mind puts me in the movie. And so I'm like, I'm like every character in the movie trying to figure out like, oh, there's a knife coming this way. I got, what would I do if I was that person? You know, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, oh, that was my favorite character that just died. That's a bummer. Oh, you know, next one, right? And so it's a very passive activity for me. I just kind of get to sit back and relax on my couch. The only time Netflix is not passive, it makes me actually do something, is after an episode is over when I'm trying to binge watch something, right? And that little thing comes up in the corner and you have 15 seconds to choose what you're going to do with the next hour of your life, right? Like it is time sensitive because you know after 15 seconds it's going to flip onto this and you're like, this is my life for the next hour. Like I'm not moving. Of course I'm going to watch this episode. Like why would I not watch this episode, right? And so like that, you kind of have to, if you don't want to watch another episode, you kind of got to be a little active there, or maybe after you've watched a few episodes and, uh, and that little thing pops up on Netflix, you know, where Netflix pretends like they care about you and they're like, are you still there? You know, <laughs> which is like super passive aggressive, you know, like, like it's really saying like, should you still be there right now? Like you, you haven't been outside for hours. Like maybe turn the TV off, right? There's a whole world out there that you're missing Andrew Petrush. You know, it is your, I don't know, Netflix speaks to me that way, but like, it, it's just, it's, it's that, you know, and I'm like, Netflix, don't judge me. You don't know me. You know what I mean? I'm like, only God can judge. So like, but at, I, I sometimes wish, I sometimes wish that this life following Jesus, this Christian life, this, this life that we have chosen when we chose a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're in the room and you would find yourself in that category this morning. I kind of wish that the Bible 
would compare our lives of following Christ with like passive activities like that sometimes. Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound like, oh man, all you have to do to follow Jesus is just kind of sit back, watch everything in your life happen, and it's all going to be good. And then every once in a while, you got to get active and participate, go to church on Sundays, and you can back back out. You can just kind of watch things unfold in front of you. It's not the way that it goes, though. This author of Hebrews, and and in fact, in in a few other books in the New Testament, the, the authors compare this life that we have in Christ, this life following Jesus to a race. Whether you realize it or not, whether you knew that's what you were signing up for when you decided to follow Jesus for the first time, when you said that prayer and you accepted Christ's forgiveness into your life, whether it was at a church service or you were at home by yourself, whether you were on a spiritual high or you were in you know, the, a, a pit in your, in your life spiritually, when you said that prayer, when you accepted his forgiveness and you accepted this challenge to follow Jesus off in the distance somewhere, starter pistol. You started a race. You may not have known it. You may not have been all that prepared for it. But the reality is when we say yes to Jesus, there's a starting line and we start a race to follow after him. And when I think about race, like a race, like a running race, I think about the struggle because I hate to run. So, but I think about the struggle. I think about the pain. I think about what you have to do to win a race or just to run a long distance. There's a lot of endurance that you need to have. It's a struggle to do that. And I think so many times we kind of, I think we kind of fabricate this idea in our minds because we want it to be true that, that being a Christian and following Jesus is all rainbows and unicorns, right? Like it's like you just follow Jesus and your life is perfect, right? And maybe some of you were told that at some point in your life. And if you were, I apologize because it's not the case at all. In fact, Jesus himself tells us in John 16, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, which sounds really great. And if we could just stop and close the book there, it would be a yay sermon and we'd all be excited to walk out the doors. However, he continues and he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Other versions of the Bible say trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, in this life of following Jesus, Jesus himself tells you, if you're going to follow me, there are going to be really, really difficult times ahead, just so that you know, right? Just so that you know what's coming up. Everybody, fair warning, if you're going to follow me, I want you to follow me. I'm going to give you peace, and I'm going to give you joy, and and I'm going to give you strength to follow me, and and you're going to walk through some difficult times. I'm going to be with you the whole time, but you're going to walk through some really, really difficult times things in life. And this race that you've set out on following Jesus, it's not always going to be easy. There are going to be difficult times. Trials will come. You're going to walk through really deep valleys and you're going to have to weather some really, really rough storms. And if I could just be really honest with you and where I really feel like like God's wanting to take this message and who he's wanting to speak to, I I just wonder if there's somebody in this room today that you kind of had to drag yourself in here. And maybe you're here because you're like, yeah, you know what, I, I'm, I, I'm here because everything's falling apart and this is the only place that makes sense to be, right? That's where you're supposed to go when things fall apart. And so I'm here, but I'm, I'm like, I'm teetering on the edge of just walking away from my faith. Things have been so, so difficult. Since I said yes to Jesus, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. And it's just so hard. It's just so hard and I'm so exhausted. And if you would look at your life like a race, 
following Jesus, then you would be the one that would be stopped on the track, hands on knees, gasping for breath because you're out of breath. Like there's no oxygen to be found and you're just feeling like any next thing, small thing is just gonna tip you over the edge. And you walked in here today feeling tired and feeling worn out and feeling beat down. And you feel like on this race thing that you don't stand a chance. There's no way you're gonna finish this race of following Jesus. And if you're here and you feel like that, I just feel like God wants me to tell you not to quit. Don't stop where you are. Don't quit the race. Don't tap out. God is with you. Jesus is going to give you the peace to get you through it. The challenges that you're experiencing are nothing more than the enemy trying to throw hurdles in your path to slow you down to the future that God has for you. Don't slow down because here's the great news. You want some great news? I'm giving you some bad news. You want some great news? Here's some great news. Look at somebody beside you say, here comes the great news. Here comes the great news. It sounded like it. Yeah. Why don't you look at somebody and say it with some expression. Here comes some great news. There it is. There it is. The great news is this. The results of the race are in and you win. You win. That's it, right? The results are in. It's guaranteed you win. Not because of anything that we do, but because of everything that Jesus did for us. And so he guaranteed a victory. Our responsibility is not to run fastest, not to run furthest. Our responsibility is to finish. And when we cross the finish line, that's a gold medal. Imagine that. Imagine lining up for a race with a bunch of other people and the official comes up to you and says, listen, don't even worry about anybody else and what they're doing and they're stretching and whatever runners do, because I'm not a runner and it's all weird. It hurts to stretch too, so I don't do that either. Um, <laughs> and so you're, you're there and you're getting ready to start the race and the official comes over and he says, listen, don't worry about anybody else. If they all finish in front of you, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about all these hurdles that are just in your lane right here. You don't see anybody else's hurdles. Don't worry about all those hurdles. You do what you need to do to get over those hurdles and you stay light and you don't get bogged down. And listen, if you get to the finish line, no matter what anybody else around you does, cross that finish line, gold medal, you're standing on the podium. That's what Jesus guarantees. He says, listen, if you're going to follow me, I want you to follow me and you're going to be in this race and in this race, it's going to be difficult and there are going to be hurdles. There are going to be things that you're going to have to overcome through me and through grace and through peace. But at the end of it, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there. It doesn't matter how fast you run. All that matters is that you get to the finish line. And in order to do that, In order to get to the finish line in our faith, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, here's what that looks like. If you've accepted a relationship with Jesus Christ, that finish line for you is the end of this world, but it's the beginning of all eternity. And the beginning of all eternity with our creator, with our savior, with our God. That's the finish line that starts eternity for us. But man, it's gonna take some endurance to get there. It's gonna take us having endurance on this race, this path that God set before us, before me and before you. And he calls us into relationship with him and he says, now you're on this path. Now to be on this path, to stay on this path and to run this race, you're gonna have to have endurance. And how do we find the endurance to finish? It's one word and it's the person we've been singing about and worshiping all day today. It's Jesus. How do we finish this race? How do we find the endurance to get to the finish line of this race of following Jesus? It is Jesus. In fact, if we go back to our text, we see that it's, it's printed so plainly for us on how we can endure this, this life 
following Jesus in this race. In Hebrews 2 and 2, it said this, it said, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I love the way that the message paraphrase says it. It says it like this. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus. I love that. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Let's pause here for just a second. Let me tell you how important that is. It's so important for us to understand this part of this passage of scripture, because what it's saying to us is this. Listen, Jesus calls you to run this race, but Jesus has already run the race. In fact, Jesus started the race, he finished the race, he secured the victory, and now he turns back around and says, now you run the race as well. So as we're running on this race and we're encountering trials and we're encountering tough times and life seems like it's falling apart and we cry out to Jesus and we feel like sometimes he's a million miles away, he's not a million miles away, he knows exactly what we're going through because he ran the race already. We're not speaking to a savior who has no idea how to relate to us. We're speaking to a savior who decided to become one of us so that he could walk through this life and deal with the trials and the temptations that you and I have to deal with, finish the race perfect, declare the victory, and then say, hey, you come along. And so when we talk to Jesus about our struggles, we're not talking to somebody who's out of touch. We're talking about somebody who's been at that point. We're talking about somebody that's been on that path. We're talking about somebody that has run that race and not just ran the race, he started it, he finished it, he secured our victory. Continuing to read, study how he did it, talking about Jesus, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. So we're supposed to, as we run this race, to find the endurance that we need to get to the finish line, to finish well. We need to look to Jesus. That's what this passage of scripture says. And so when we look to Jesus, we find this template of how Jesus ran the race, right? And so we see this template of how he ran the race. So how did he have endurance? Because Jesus had the hardest race of all times. Like compare your race to Jesus, just for a second, right? I mean, he, he knew from the time that he was born what his purpose in life was, and his purpose in life was to die for us. And so he started his life knowing that it was going to end pretty tragically, knowing that he was going to have to endure people defaming him and people mocking him and people spitting on him and enduring an execution and a grave. That's when Jesus looked into his future. That's what he saw. When he looked in his lane of his race that he was called to run, that's what he saw in front of him. And so how did he, Jesus, have the endurance to get through all of that? Because if we can figure that out, then we can figure out how to get through our race, right? Our race doesn't seem quite as intense when we compare it to the race that Jesus ran. So how did he do it? How did he find the endurance? It's right there and we see it. It's so obvious, but sometimes it's really, really difficult to see. The way that Jesus endured, the way he did it was that he knew that it was only temporary. He knew that this race that he was running, that at the finish line, he knew what was on the other side. And he knew that the other side of that was glory. He knew that on the other side of that was the eternity that he sought with his heavenly father. He decided to stay focused on the eternal and not the temporal. He kept his eyes on the things above and not the things below. And 
Basically, what he decided to do was have some temporary endurance. He looked at the path that was in front of him and he said, you know what, this isn't gonna be forever. This is gonna be for a season. This is only temporary. I can get through this because I know what's on the other side of it. I believe that there's a finish line there and I'm gonna get to it. And so I just have to endure this temporarily. Jesus had to look at his path marked out for him on his race and he had to look past the cross. And he had to look past the grave and he had to see the finish line of eternity. And in order for us to endure the way that God wants us to, the way that he calls you and I to endure, we're gonna have to look past our problems. We're gonna have to look past our failures. We're gonna have to look past our fears. We're gonna have to look past our past. We're gonna have to look past the present and we have got to see eternity. We've got to see the finish line. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 17 and 18 says it so perfectly. It says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. To be honest, it's a little, it's a little tough to read that first sentence in verse 17 when you're going through hard times. It's a little offensive even, I would think. Because it says, our light and momentary troubles. I don't know about you, but when I'm dealing with real life stuff, real problems, it doesn't feel light and it does not feel momentary. It feels heavy and it feels like it's gonna be there forever. But the Bible has a way of putting things into perspective for, it, for us, doesn't it? as a way of, of holding our lives up against the truth and saying, listen, I know that it feels like you may not get, ever get out from under this. And I know that it feels like it's so heavy and it's a burden, but in the scope of eternity, it is light and it is momentary. Your hardships, your struggles, your shortcomings, all the giants that you're facing in your life right now, that valley that you're walking through, that storm that's raging in your life, all of them temporary. They will end when this life ends. For a while in my early 30s, I decided that I wanted to be a runner. I don't know if you can decide that. No, I can tell you, you can't just decide that, right? I decided I wanted to start being a runner. I wanted, I wanted to experience what those of you that raised your hand at the beginning of this message said, yeah, I enjoy running. I figured there had to be something to that. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discover what it is, right? And, and listen, I... I understand the cardiovascular benefits of exercise, okay? It's not like I'm up here like completely naive to all that, so please don't come up to me afterwards and give me like a health lesson. I get it, right? But, but I, 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 you know, so I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I don't, I don't like doing it. I don't like running, but sometimes um, there are things like in my life that I discipline myself to do that I don't like to do because I know that they're good for me. It's a part of, you know, adulting. So, um, you know, and so I'm like, all right, so this is, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be a runner. So I downloaded an app because what else do we do today when we wanna do something we've never done before? Um, and the app is called Couch to 5K. I stayed way closer to the couch side than the 5K side, but I did it anyway. <laughs> And it was supposed to like take you through and in a few months you're supposed to be able to run a 5K and I'm like, oh man, imagine how impressive it's gonna be for me, right? To just show up at a race and then just finish a 5K. And I'm still imagining what would it be like for me to show up at a race and finish a 5K? And, um, and so I download this app 
And I, just, and I just run. I run around our neighborhood, and there's all these little streets, and so I dart down all these streets to try to get all the miles that I need to get, you know, and, uh, and I just hate every minute of it. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, at any moment, like, I'm going to push through the pain, and there's going to be, like, this, this just, like, euphoria, and I'm going to understand what all these runners feel, like the runner's high, which I believe is not really a thing, but anybody, everybody says it is. And so, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to experience it. I never experienced it. I never experienced it. I always hated it. And so the favorite part of every run that I ever did, if you can call it a run, I don't know, it was kind of like more of a run, walk, limp thing, I don't know. But my favorite part was at the end, right? I would turn the corner of my street and I'd be done. I, I, I mean like sweating profusely, heart beating out of my chest, out of breath, and I could see my house. And I knew that my house was the end. That's where I get bacon at my house, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I can finish this mess and go to the real stuff right there. So I'm like, you know, so I, my mind was able to convince my body to do remarkable things when I knew that I only had to do it from here to a couple hundred feet away right? Like there were times that like I would turn that corner exhausted and be like, no, you're not walking. What if somebody in the neighborhood's looking at you? At least you want your neighbors to think you're doing good, right? And so I would just, you know, I would just keep on running, you know, and just, oh, you know, that feeling when, you know, it's all coming back up, you know, and, you know, just feeling like your legs are going to fall off, but I'd finish. In fact, there were some times I've even sprint. That makes no sense to me at all, right? My mind convinced me I couldn't run like at a reasonable pace for the three miles that I was, that were behind me, but for 200 feet, I can now sprint when I'm really tired. And so sure enough, I just powered through and I did it. My mind convinced me of some pretty amazing things when I knew that it was temporary, right? Now, after I get to the finish line, I'm passing out, thrown up all at the same time. And that's what it is. But in between here and there, I can do some amazing things when I know it's not forever. In between here and there, we can accomplish, we can do, and we can endure more when we know that it's only for a temporary time. And so when Jesus lays this plan out for us and he says, listen, I want you to come and I want you to follow me. And this, when you follow me, it's going to be like this race. And when you're on this race, it doesn't matter how fast you're going, how slow you're going. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you peace and I'm going to give you perseverance and I'm going to give you the strength to get through. But, but while you're running on this race, the way that you're going to have endurance to finish is you're going to have to think of this race for what it is. And it's temporary. You have to have temporary endurance. To finish this race, you've got to know that it's not going to be forever. You've got to know that I can see the house and I can get there and I know it's not going to be forever. And I know this, this difficult place and this difficult season in my life, it's not going to be here forever, but I've just got to keep looking home. And I know this is real. I know this is so real for you because it's easy for me to stand up here and tell you that's what you should do is you should be looking toward the finish line, but you've got to deal with your finances that seem like they're in a mess and you've got to figure out this relationship drama and you've got to deal with the people that just don't believe in you and you've got to deal with that failure in your past. But I'm here to tell you that all of those things that we've got to deal with, temporary. They're not going to last forever. This world is not it. This is not where it all ends. There is eternity after the finish line. And when we realize that this life is temporary, we start spending it on things that are eternal. And this is where it all starts to change. 
When we start thinking about our light and momentary problems as heavy and forever problems, we can't see past them. But when we choose to look at things the way that Jesus did and we choose to see them in the perspective of this is only temporary, this is not going to last forever. I can make it. I can keep going. I can get through this problem. I can get through this trial. I can get through this persecution. I can get through whatever is in front of me because I know that there is a finish line up there. When we start looking toward eternity, we start living for eternity. And that looks different different than us trying to deal with all these problems and getting weighed down and letting them try to carry that weight all by ourselves. We start living completely different in the light of eternity. Practically, how does that look? How does that work? What does it look like for us to focus our eyes, home, eternity, whenever that may be? It starts looking like this is when we start looking, living like eternity is for real, we stop worrying about our possessions and we start placing priority on relationships. We stop worrying about all the stuff that we can get, that we can hang on the walls and put in the house and put in the driveway and all these things and all this stuff that makes us feel good for a little while. You talk about temporary. We stop worrying about gaining things and we start really focusing our energy into the things that are going to last for eternity and that's relationships investing in relationships, not just because it's convenient, but because it's kingdom stuff. Not just because we may have a class together or you may work together, you may go to church together and we just happen to bump into each other and we say, hey, every once in a while. No, I'm talking about investing in relationships that are gonna last forever. That's the way it looks when you have eternity in mind, that temporary mindset. When we focus our eyes to eternity, we stop worrying so much about winning an argument, stop worrying about being right, and we start trying to figure out how we can love our neighbor. We stop worrying about my political stance, I stop worrying about all those things, or at least trying to, to make everybody understand how right I am or how correct I am. Now, I'm not downplaying your political views, I'm not saying it's not important, I'm not saying that any of those things, but here's what I am saying. I'm saying that if we see this life as temporary, then everything in it is temporary. And so if we're starting to look toward eternity, then I'm not so worried about you being convinced that I'm right. I'm not so worried about you being convinced that my viewpoint is the only viewpoint and that I'm gonna argue this thing through. We stop worrying about so much who's standing up and who's kneeling down and we just start trying to figure out how we can just love our neighbor. Amen. Imagine the revolution that would happen if all of us as Christ followers, we just decided to say, you know what? Doesn't matter if I'm right, doesn't matter if I'm wrong, I'm gonna love you. Because the people in my life that have made the biggest impact are not necessarily the ones that are always right. They're the ones that are always there. And I just feel like in, in our lives, that's what we need to be for somebody else. And when we see eternity, when that's our finish line, when that's the goal, and we realize that this life is temporary, it's easy to shed those things. It's easy to not talk about all those things. It's easy to not try to be right all the time. And it's easy to love somebody else with that temporary mindset. When we start looking toward eternity, we stop trying to impress people and we start trying to share our faith with them. We stop trying to, to project this image like we've got it all figured out or like we know everything or that there's no soft spots. We start becoming real with people because I want them to see how Jesus is working on my life because I want them to experience that same thing for themselves. It's amazing how our priorities change, isn't it? 
It's amazing how when we see that race that we're on in light of eternity, it's just a blip on a screen. And the reality is, is that when we start seeing temporary, we can endure it. Apply it right now to what's, what your life looks like. What's in your life? What's, what's happening? What's right here that you can't see past? What problem? What relationship? What, what's going on? It's temporary. It's not gonna be here forever. You can endure it. You can get through it. Don't tap out. Don't quit. Don't give up on your faith just because it's hard. But endure it. We can do that because we live for a savior who already did it. We live for a savior who started and finished the race. He's guaranteeing you victory just for getting across the finish line. Don't quit short, don't stop. There's hope, there's grace, but just keep on. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.